Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Jordan and Garen back. We're talking about Garen's sermon on July 2nd, which was a few days ago now. We had a couple days off for the holiday, but we're excited to get back in here and record the follow-up. And Garen, you gave a message about Psalm 101, which is a royal psalm. Yep, royal psalm. And you touched on a couple different things, friendship being the big one. Yep. Um, but let's start with the fact that this is a royal psalm because last week during the intro, you talked about how there are a few different kinds of psalms. Royal is one of them. Um, so go ahead and tell us what generally the Royal Psalms are about. And this one's a little bit different than the normal ones, if yeah. I remember right. So then when we did that two Sundays ago, it was the one we, the kind we ended with. We ended the service with a Royal Psalm. Royal Psalms are just Psalms that celebrate the fact that God is King, that he is Lord over the universe, that he ultimately reigns over all, that one day he will make the world right and goodness and justice will reign once again at new creation. And so they're just Psalms that elevate him and declare that reality. And most of them are about God, but there's a few that actually talk about the king who is his representative in Israel, okay? Um, and most of them by David about like what the king should be like, or this one may have been something he penned when he was um, enthroned and coronated himself of his desire. There's a couple of Psalms, I, I can't tell you where they're at. I think they're back to back of one of what a good ruler looks like and one of what a horrible ruler looks like. So, mm. But most of them are about God, but there are a few about the human, the guy sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. Right. So so it's not a psalm about the royals. Not about the royals. Okay. I think there was a song written like that, wasn't there, by uh, when they were doing the World Series? Should we try it? No. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? It's yeah. not that. It's not a psalm not song one. about the royals. It's not it a was, song about the royals. Yeah. It if was, it was about the royals, it would probably be a lament though, right? <laughs> yeah. Not a royal psalm. Yeah. Be a it was lament. a song of kind of praise back then, but <laughs> but then it's, we're like, the royals are like the book of Psalms. About 66% of the years is lament. <laughs> yeah. We About every 15 <laughs> or 20 years. higher than that. <laughs> yeah. We get, a, we get Although, a year or two. Jet and I went to see the Dodgers play the royals last weekend. And we went to the only game the Dodgers won. The Royals actually won the series. So I can't even talk. Yeah, that's crazy. I've seen they won smack. Saturday. I didn't know they had won Sunday. Yeah, so. They did. So, hey, that's life. Okay, back to things that matter. You were in Psalm 101. Actually, before we even start talking about what your real message was, it was, it was the Sunday before the 4th. Yep. And you did something that I've never heard done in church before. And I just have to give you kudos to it because I think you did something that's not easy to do. And you did it really well. You honored our country and we prayed for our country and our leadership. And we acknowledge the fact that we're so grateful that we have an independence day, that we have freedom, right? And you gave all the glory and honor that we were supposed to give to, you know, that and that idea. But then you kind of pivoted and you were like, okay, but in reality, we are not first and foremost Americans. 
we are citizens of heaven. We are followers of Jesus, right? And that's yeah. like the kingdom that we belong to even more. And so you kind of you kind of put it into perspective for us. And I thought it was kind of a nice Jedi move. And I really liked it because it made me think, yes, it matters that I'm an American and I'm grateful for all that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately one day there's something that's going to matter more than that. And it's that I'm a citizen of heaven. Yeah. And that's where I got to be grounded yep, citizen ultimately. Of the kingdom and God is my true king. And that's where my allegiance lies. And who knows, someday my country might call me to do things or tell me to do things that are against him. And if I've got a pick, it's always going to be him. So I do care about our country. I, I value it. I love it. I talked about, I love reading about the founding era. And I just, I think God was doing some amazing and is doing some amazing things to our culture. Um, and the thing I know is we're called to submit to our authorities and pray for them. And I'm like, I just don't know how often do we pray? And I thought, what about this Sunday? Let's pray. Let's pray for those in those positions because they need it. And our culture needs it. And so was what in the calls to pray. But we gather on Sunday morning to worship Jesus uh, and our royal king. We don't gather on Sunday to, to elevate our nation. So I care about it and we give it honor. But we give praise to God. So, yep, we wanted to honor our nation through prayer and giving thanks for it. But we wanted to give our ultimate praise where it belongs. So that's a tightrope, a tension we all have to live with. But as in everything, God has to be number one. Seek you first the kingdom of God right? And higher than my allegiance to anything. My, my wife, my children, my career, my country, he's, he's the one that we seek and he's the eternal one. So, yep. Trying to live in the tension of that. Very good. Um, I am going to ask you something and if it's too hot topic or too off topic or whatever, we can easily edit this out. Okay. But if you want to keep it, we can keep it. Okay. We don't talk about politics much in church. Sometimes we do for like July 4th and things like that. Is it, are those things that need to be keep, kept totally separate or like how much is too much of talking about that stuff in church or can that be something that actually serves the kingdom in some way? Like just really quickly, because I know this isn't what we're talking about with your sermon, but it kind of just led us here like in a minute or less, maybe like can politics serve us in that way? Does it belong in church in any capacity? What are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, on that? I you know two was it two or three summers ago we kind of did a I did a series on this, and one of the myths of our culture is people say, hey, do you remember the upstairs downstairs? I talked about that work the sacreds upstairs the downstairs in our culture which separates things all the time. They're always like, hey, leave your leave your faith. Um, you leave that upstairs, down here in the political world and downstairs, it doesn't belong. And that's not true at all. Every, my faith and everybody's faith, everybody has a faith, it impacts policy. And so um, they're not separate realms in one sense that I should bring my faith into how I view the state and how the state should govern. And so I vote and I, I care about those things. So my faith is not totally separate from it. Um, but the thing I think I tried to do that summer is is Paul and Jesus, who are my two models on that, both of them did not spend the majority of their time talking about the political issues of the day. What they were talking about was the kingdom of God and coming to know him and this, and saving souls and bringing people into the kingdom. Because if people get brought into the kingdom, God transforms hearts and their hearts become more in alignment with how he thinks, and that affects culture. And so, no, it those things matter. I mean, I talked about a biblical view, worldview view of abortion. That's a political issue right now. So those things matter, but they shouldn't be driving my agenda. 
the kingdom of God is what's driving my agenda. And so if the political ever outweighs my commitment to the kingdom, or I start getting in political things in a way that's contrary to the way of Jesus, I'm not being loving and kind and patient and gentle and all the fruit of the spirit, then something's not right. And it's so easy in this day to get there. So no, my faith does impact it. Um, they're not totally separate things, but it shouldn't be the biggest focus of my heart. If God gives you that vocation, that calling into it, then it should be the focus, right? Then run for an office if he calls you to that. And if you get elected, he's put you there and have all the influence. That's great. But for most of us, that's not my vocational calling. And so I need to keep focused on the kingdom of God, the local. I talked a lot about that, what's going on. I'm aware nationally, I'm aware globally, but I'm locally trying to be a kingdom influencer in my spheres of influence. So very good. That's that's how I'd answer that. So you're not running for office in 2024. This is not the not the, not yet. I'm uh, okay. You're gonna wait to announce. Yeah, I'm gonna later. wait till <laughs> the next presidential <laughs> election. <laughs> no, I've never touched that with a ten foot pole. Not called to that. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right, back to uh, back to what Garen had for us. Thanks, Garen. That was a good little aside. Um, but now back into Psalm 101, we talked about the reign of David. Um, a few different realms that he writes about here. He talks about the realm of his heart, the realm of his home, and the realm of his homeland. And the one that we really honed in on was the realm of his home, which is verses two to seven. And in that, he really talks about who has access to his home and to him, really. And to his court. Yep. Who were and really his court. Yeah. Right. Because back in that day, those people lived in the palace with him and they ate with him. So he's talking about his advisors, advisors, his rulers that are his, his rulers that are ruling under him. Yep. And his friends and his your friends. close friends would have right. been living so and sitting at your table. Anybody that's going to have close family. access to him is yep. kind of who he's talking about. Yep, that. exactly. And he just tells you what kind of people he will and won't allow in there, right? Um, he says uh, he guards his eyes from certain things. He talks mm-hmm. about the private lives of his leadership team, what it should look like. Um, talks about avoiding evil, that he won't tolerate certain things like slandering and prideful people. He's looking for people who are faithful and blameless. Yes. And um, and that's kind of where the meat of the rest of the message came from. Was yep. this little, that little section right here. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of it. And that's what caught my eye a year ago. So I was reading through the Psalms. This one really grabbed me and I'm like, wow, he was so careful in who he allowed in his circle of influence. And that's when I'm like, I need to, this is a great Psalm about friendship. And then as I dug into it, I realized the Royal Psalm. And so first I had to be honest with it say, this is really about him as king, what he wanted. But you could see how much the power of friendship and he knew the power of people, you know, the closer the proximity, the greater the influence. And he right. knew that. And so he was really careful. And so I'm like, that's a great legitimate springboard to talk about friendship. So I think it fits really well. Let me lead us back to part of that. In verse three, David says, I hate, um, well, I'll let you read it in a sec because I think you have it pulled up. But basically he says, I hate when people do this or I hate this certain action. And so that action is not going to be allowed in my, uh, allowed in my court. Do you remember the exact verse and kind of what it says? Yeah, it's verse three. I mean, I'm just kind of looking at the, the Hebrew because your question, I know we briefly mentioned it before, comes out of the New Living Translation where um, it literally says the work of those who fall away, um, I hate. It will not cling to me. Um, and the reason you were asking is, do you remember what the NLT says? Right. So the, the reason we talk about that verse is you kind of took it on this thing of 
David is saying, I hate the work of those who fall away from following God, right? I will not allow that to cling to me. What they do is what I hate. Right. And so you kind of took it to this place where we talked about hating the sin, loving the sinner, and how that's kind of fallen out of favor in our culture, how people say you can't really do that, but how you say, well, that's exactly what David is saying here. And that's what we've got to aim for, no matter how popular or unpopular that, that view is. And then I started looking through a few different translations. And one that I read a lot is the NLT. And the NLT tran- translates it really differently than other translations. It, it doesn't talk about hating the sin, loving the sinner. It just says, I hate all who do this thing. Yeah, all and who it really yeah. makes it sound like he's hating the person. Yeah. And so twofold question, Garen. One, how do we know that that's not the right way to say it? And all the rest of these got it wrong. And two, why would the NLT translate it so differently yeah, than every question. other version? Because the NLT is a really good, good translation and it's a good Bible for reading. Um, in fact, all of our Bible translators, one time I met with them and I said, in your opinion, What's the best translation? If you're just going to read it, they all agreed to the NLT um, for study. They felt like the NIV. But so I'm, I'm not sure why they missed that. I mean, I'm looking again at the Hebrew and it's really clear the work of those who fall away, I hate. So what he hates is what they do. It's not them. And so the NIV really nailed it. So I'm not sure why they did it that way. Um, it was a little bit, of, it's a misstep, I feel like. And because really, to me, it is this whole thing again that I can hate the sin of the behavior of people because I know it's destructive to them and I can hate what I see it does to them of those I love, but I still love the person. And that's why I talk about in parenting. Uh, parents get that, right? We all understand. I mean, in, if you're a friend, if you love anybody, you you know what it means to see things that you feel like are destructive to people. And you're like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I love them. So I need to talk to them about it because I care too much. So this modern idea that you just approve, accept and approve of everything some, when they're just living their truth, so you have to accept it and approve of it. Mm-hmm. That's the least loving thing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then just to be clear, you said we know what the right intent is of the author here because we can go back to the original Hebrew uh-huh. and see what was actually written down. Yeah. And sometimes when things get translated into English, it gets muddied a little bit. It can get a little bit muddied. Do you think that also speaks to the need for us when we're really digging into a passage to maybe read it a few different ways, a few different translations, yeah. because it may open our mm-hmm. eyes to different things. I that always do on. that because, it, yeah, sometimes you'll be like, oh, that one says a little bit different. And then I know not everybody has the ability to go look at the Hebrew, but at least people can ask the question mm-hmm. or be like, well, I could look up in my study Bible and see if it says anything. Um, yeah, because we want to know what was God intending originally. And so that's why I talk about Greek and Hebrew, not to just show off knowledge or something, because I think it's helpful. I think it really does help. To, and I think that's my job as a teacher is I do have the ability to do that. So that's what I'm called to do is to lay out those things. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I got to push back on that a little bit because we're raising uh, Jet, our four-year-old, to just live his truth. <laughs> oh, he's five now. He just turned five. So he's really That's allowed right. to live his truth. Yes. And his truth the other night was to eat 19 ice creams. And then his truth was to barf it in his bed at 2 a.m. So we just let him live that truth because that's his. So there you go. Who, I mean, who are we to really who, step on him yeah, and who say, are you to- Jet, I hate that those ice creams made you sick. I, I, why would I say that? Why would I do that? Yeah. Okay. I think we understand what Dave was getting at here. And you said it perfectly. If you're a parent, if you're a friend, it's so easy to understand this, 
the difference there yeah. between someone that you love and something that is harmful to them. Yeah, that they Obviously, do. those are two different things. Yeah, they're two different things. So, and yeah. if you do care about them, you're going to try and keep them from the thing uh-huh. that is yes, you are. harmful to them. Yep. So, okay. Hey, this section also kind of led us into the meat of what you were talking about as far as friendship, because David here, like we said, is talking about the kinds of people he will and will not allow to have access to him. And um, David was always on the lookout for people that would lead him to God right? Those were the people that he was going to give his time to. And you even said it earlier, you really stole my thunder with that one, um, that the greater proximity someone Mm -hmm. has to us, the greater influence they have in our life. Yeah. So the power of friendship you talked about is um, always positive or negative, but never neutral. No. Yeah. And that's something that I left out that I, yeah, I'm glad we can, I'm glad for the podcast that I think a lot of us assume friendships are neutral. And you, if you don't mind, you even asked the question ahead of time. Like, how do you put it? Like, why do we not take friendship seriously? Um, don't. Yeah, Garen and I were talking about this earlier, and I just voiced the question: Why do you think friendship kind of gets left, left uh, on its own, like kind of yeah, forgotten? It? Like it's because we make time for lots of things in our lives, yeah. and we prioritize lots of things. But friendship, as we get older, is rarely one of those things. And why do we think that is so? Why is that, Garen? Why does that get left on the cutting room floor so often and not, yeah. not made to be a part of our schedule? Because I, one, I just don't, yeah, the older you get, the you, like I said, it's easy to lose those if you aren't intentional with it. I think it's just easiest, easy for us to think it is neutral and ah, I need it, I don't need it, or doesn't matter who it is. Hey, we like playing ball together, so we'll just play ball and not think deeply about the fact that it's like fire, that it can give life or it can destroy. And I just... Yeah, it's easy. It's just a thing you have, friends. You just make them, you don't, whatever. I think it's easy just to have it off to the side and not think deeply about it. And that's why I appreciate David because he thought deeply about it. And I think biblically, I know we should because the Proverbs talks about it. I referenced a few that the righteous consider their friends. Um, So we do need to take it a lot more serious. I think one mistake we all make with friendship is that I can easily think that the goal of my friendship with somebody is to make me happy. Yes. Right? But in reality, if I'm looking through it, looking at it through God's lens in which he intended friendship, um, the goal of my friendship with somebody is really not only to make me happy, but the bigger goal is to make me more like Jesus and to challenge uh-huh. me, right? Yes. And to grow me like kind of an iron sharpened iron yes. kind of thing. And I think maybe that's one reason that we leave it on the cutting room floor so often and just say, well, I don't need friends or I can just step out of this friendship for this season or whatever. Because if the end goal really is to make me happy, then it's all about what I want. And if I don't really want to engage in that, then that's fine. Yeah. But if the end goal is to really challenge me and grow me, then it's almost like a discipline. Yeah, it is. Like it's something that I've got to stick with even when it's hard because I've got three kids yes. or even yes. when I'm tired yes. or even when whatever. Um so if we view it as something that it's not just there to make us happy, but it's there to grow us and challenge us and sharpen us, maybe we're more likely to stick with it. I don't know. Yeah. And you and I have talked before, on, I think in sermons and on this, that we both agree and have found that community and friendships really are the catalyst of my faith. Like I can be having all my quiet times, but if I'm not walking with somebody to walk with me, yeah, it's so easy for that to fall to the wayside and nobody knows, right? And I really find that it really is the catalyst to spiritual growth. It's that that thing, you know, the chemical the element that that makes the the reaction happen quicker. Um, it's really significant, but we just don't have a lot of intentionality with it. And that's why I like David. That's why I wanted to point to this because I felt like he is so good at that. You, uh, I mean, just back what we were talking about a second ago, 
friendship can either bring great blessing is what you said, or it can bring great harm. And I think sometimes we don't look at our friendships with a critical enough eye Yes, and really call it out when something is causing us harm. Maybe this friend does not lead us to Jesus. Maybe this friend is not challenging me. Maybe this is kind of like junk food. Like yeah, it right. feels good at yes. the moment, but uh-huh. it's really not that great for uh-huh. me. And so I think you even said it Sunday, like we're not asking you to go home and unfriend everybody on Facebook or, you know, call somebody up and say, hey, we're done. Like yeah. that's not what right. we're after. No. But maybe just to think more critically about why we hang out with who we do mm-hmm. or maybe why we don't hang out yes. with some people, even if it would be good for us. And to just kind of maybe dissect that a little bit in the coming yeah. week. Yeah. And I, as you said, I friends can be, yeah, it's like a diet. I They can be cotton candy where they taste great, but there's not much to it and it dissolves in your mouth. So we get together and we watch Netflix or we do this or this. But you're like, is that really helping? Am I helping move them towards God? And are they moving me towards God? Or if we eat a more healthy diet with more substance, then there's actual growth and health in it. And so we just need to think about it. Um, yeah. And I think for me, you're like one of those um, uber healthy granola bars that has like no sugar, but <laughs> it's like super good for you. Tastes terrible though. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't really like being around you that much, Garen, but you really do lead me to Jesus. So you're like one of those uber healthy, like what Steve Blocker probably eats on his way to church. Yes. Those really uh-huh. like, it's got raisins and it's got like yeah, oats, all the and oats and stuff. and but all no, the nuts no, and honey. No chocolate or yeah, anything. Or, nothing, right. Yeah. So thanks, Garen. Yeah. So if anybody's just needing somebody in their life that like tastes really bad, <laughs> but maybe it's good for you, I'm your guy. There you go. That's Garen. <laughs> All right. Hey, as we kind of wrap this up, you brought something in front of our eyes that was really important. It was this whole idea of these concentric circles of yep. friendship. And there were three levels to it. You talked about the core, the community, and the concern. And um, I'll just kind of briefly say it in case you weren't here. And then, Garen, you can kind of correct me, but essentially there should be this core, this middle to it, which is just a few friends that really shape us, that really get high access to our lives. And we got to choose them wisely because they have the biggest influence on Mm -hmm. us. The next circle out is our community circle. Um, These are people you enjoy. Um, Sometimes there's going to be some moving in and out of these people moving in and out of your life. It's just kind of the people you spend a lot of time with, um, your community, like we said. Usually about 12 to 15. Okay, yeah, 12 to 15 One to three in the core, about 12 to 15 in that one. Is that like, this this should be weighted for intro and extrovert? So like for introvert, that's like six to seven people, but for extra, it's like 20 to 25 people. <laughs> yes. So, and then that furthest out one is the concern. Yeah, circle of concern. So we long for their best. We long for relationship with them. Um, we want to see them do well. We want to see them do well. We're willing to sacrifice for them. Yes. We don't have the deepest connection with them. Yeah. And honestly, there's probably a lot of turnover in this group. Yes. A lot of people uh-huh. coming in and out of this. Right. Um, so we're not really close with them, but we long for their best. And so those are kind of the three circles. Before we even get into like talking about this, core I get, community I get, is concern the best word there? Because that seems kind of like... Yeah, I wrestled with that. I did a lot of reading on that. I did a lot of trying. And that was the main thing that kept coming up is these are people that you do have a concern for. You want them to do well. You're willing to sacrifice for them, but they're not super close to you. They're just in that sphere and you kind of know of them. Concern just sounds kind of like, I don't know, what's the word? Like I'm I'm mama birding them a little bit. Like, oh, I'm concerned for you. I need to take care of you. That's what, yeah. that's what it brings out in me. Am I missing it there? Like, 
Yeah, I think part of the reason that that when I read about it, the people who picked that was because there are people who are out there that I know, but. I can't help everybody. These are people that I would be willing, like if they said, hey, I need to move, that I'd be willing to loan okay. my truck. Okay. Because I'm willing to step out to a degree, but I don't know them super, you know, I mean, I know them, but I'm not going to give my truck to everybody in Emporia. That was me until four minutes ago when I <laughs> called you the gross granola bar. Now I'm like floating in space. I'm not even on your circle list. What about like care? Is care a better word? Like yeah, care? actually care was my other word that I was thinking about okay. with that. So that- So care maybe or- Maybe I should- Because for me, for concern, it's almost like I'm worried about this person. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I, I need to intervene in their life in some way. To me, that's what that evokes a little bit. So I think for me, I'm going to rewrite care. You're going to do that? Okay. That's good. Actually. Oh, Garen in real time is updating his notes. I've made a in, comment. In like real time. I mean, I'm, I'm going to. Wow. Okay. So yeah. next time you teach this, there'll be a footnote at the bottom. Yeah. Jordan. Said Jordan, that. July, 2023. Okay. All right. So now that we understand that outer circle a little bit, it's concern, it's care, it's people that we want to bless, but don't necessarily have a deep foundation with. Um, Garen, can you talk about these levels of the circles a little bit for you, core community concern? Can you honestly say, You've got people at each of these levels and is that something you're thinking a lot about or is it just something that you kind of have to like manually evaluate every once in a while? Yeah, it's something I do think you have to think about. I do have guys at the core. I have community. I have all three of those um, because I know I need it to grow. I know I need those two or three guys that know my heart. They know my failings. They know my sin. They know my struggles. They know my tendencies. They know what kind of husband I am, what kind of father when I was fathering. And they hold me accountable. We're seeking to grow together. And we're, we meet, we pray together. We're always reading something, reading scripture, we're reading a book. We're doing something to grow. So this core group, it's not just like, yeah, Matt, he's my really good core friend. It's like, if they're in your core, you are actively checking in. Yes. You're studying something. Yep. There's some level of accountability there. Yes. It's an active friendship. It's not just passive. Yes. Am I right with that? That's right. Yes. Okay. And then community. And can I say about that? And that's why I said, if you follow Jesus, so these people need to be people who who share your deepest commitments and those deep core values. And so if you follow Jesus, those people have to be people that follow Jesus. No, no exceptions there. Sure. And then community. Well, and how could they be if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're praying for each other and challenging each other in faith right? and talking about the ways Jesus is, uh, affecting your life. I mean, how can you do that with somebody who's not yeah. following Jesus? That, that'd be pretty hard. Yeah. And that's why to me defining this, because I think a lot of people have a core and don't, maybe maybe they don't know it, but they're like, the people in my core, we don't do that. And so that's why I was, yeah, part I, of what I'm trying to say. Is I like, think we've got to have that. I think that's true for people. I think a lot of people would say, oh yeah, they're in my core, but you, but we don't do any of these things yes. with them. Yes. And yep. it's hard. I mean, honestly, it's hard to find people who would want to do this with you because I mean, as a guy, we, we need to get a girl on the podcast and get their opinion. But as guys, it's like this level of active friendship is hard to find. Yeah. You know? So um, if you're a guy, you got to be proactive with it. You got to find other that's guys right. who are willing to do proactive that Proactive and you got to think about it. Yeah. So that's core. Yep. Community, bigger group. If you're an introvert, maybe slightly bigger group. But these are people who we see often, who know us well, mm-hmm. but we're probably not sharing every little thing with. Not every little thing. Maybe my small group members or I've got other friends that are really close to me. I see quite often. We get along really well and they do impact me. And so still 
our, my faith, my core commitments, my deepest values have to be a part of that. I want people in that that will help push me in the right direction and I can push them. So this one, I said, they, can, they should primarily be people follow Jesus. I can have some people in there who don't. But once that balance tips, that's not healthy because I'm allowing proximity people who can influence me away from him. Mm. But that group is also really important. And being, again, you said evaluating, like who's in that group? Who would those people be if I wrote names down? And are they mainly people follow Jesus or is, is it the balance the other way? Mm. Do you let someone know when they're being promoted to a closer circle? Like, hey, here's a little certificate. Congratulations. Yeah, here, you're being, congratulations. You're, you're being brought from concern to community. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Nope, never. Not necessarily in that way. So, so I have this week, I am giving an invitation to somebody into the core who heard this. And so I think they know kind of what that move is and what it's about. But yeah, normally I'm not like... Is that what that note on my desk was? With like the <laughs> candy heart attached to it? Was that... Yeah, that an was invitation the, uh, with the court? candy heart and the, yeah, the chocolate and the... Man. The, the glitter, yeah. I just threw the note away because I just wanted the chocolate, <laughs> so I better go read it now. Okay, so this is something that's just for us. We wouldn't like broadcast this yeah, to anybody no. or put it on Facebook. Like, hey, here's my, here's my rankings or whatever. Yeah, it's no. just for you to know. Yes. Okay, who am I allowing into my life and at what level yeah. so that I can be aware yeah. of who is steering me. Yeah. And that's why I said, you know, do this analysis. And if you feel like I'm not doing well in this, you don't have to tell people. It's just you just start giving more of your time and more access to your heart to the people that you know will most shape you. And you don't have to, don't have to announce it. Don't have to. Yeah. Okay. And then that furthest out circle, that concern or care or whatever you want to say for that. Give us, I mean, not names, obviously, but give us an example of somebody. You said like somebody you'd loan your truck to or maybe do a favor for, uh-huh. um, it, does it always have, does your interaction with them always in the form of like them needing something no. or is there any, there's still kind of a friendship. I think across the street, um, Concha lives right across the street from us. We see her a lot. We care about her. Um, you're not really in community with her. You'd I'm say. not really in community with her, but I see her enough that we talk, we'll talk across the fence. Right. We care about each other. She yeah. brought us fajitas. You know, we've helped her with some stuff with the garden. And if she ever needed help, I would do it. But she's not in my deepest 15. Um, but but you, hate, somebody, you hate to garden and you help her with garden? I, I like gardening as far as just the growing the garden and getting the stuff. Garen, don't you know we're all gardeners? I hate, yeah, we're all gardeners. It's the weeding. <laughs> I just can't stand. I just did it this week. Last week and this week. Just did it. Fourth of July morning. Can you believe that? Oh, man. I gave my early morning with my wife to weeding the garden. But I mean, that's an example of that. And we need to have... That one, I need to have people who don't follow Jesus in that. Yeah. Um, if I don't, then, and that's what I'm afraid of, is there are probably some people who heard Sunday that if they were to write down everybody in these, they'd be like, everybody's a Christian. I've totally lost my, my connection to people who don't know Jesus. And or it shouldn't be that the way. The fear might be, oh, I can only have Christians in this circle. You know, like even in my outer circle, yeah. it's gotta be all Christian and you're missing yeah. it right there. Yeah. That's a good example with your neighbor because even the turnover might be there because like, let's yes. say she moves uh-huh. or you move. Yep. It's like, okay, well, they're yep. out there. The new person's in. And so then it's my next, yeah. Who's my neighbor now? Or So, okay. Yeah. That's good. Okay. That's good to think through. And I, I think that women probably do this more naturally than guys. If I had to guess, I think they're really good at this. I think Katie is good at this. Pat probably is too. Yes. But for guys, like we just, I mean, what was that stat you said about 
friends yeah, as we get older? It used to be by the time a guy turned about 50 is when guys lost having a core. And it's now about 30. And I've had a lot of, even since I did talked about that several years ago, and it's still every now and then somebody be like, do you remember when you said that? That was so true of me. And even young guys, I've talked to guys in their late 20s who are like, I'm already losing. I already don't have it. Yeah. It's already gone. And so that's why this really, it requires intentionality. Because if I don't have that, if I don't have a Jonathan or two in my life, man, to really walk with him is hard, right? Yeah. It's just that much harder. As far as the core thing, I think there's probably younger and older people listening to this. Does that core person need to be around our same age? Is it better if they're ahead of us in age or behind? Like what's that age thing look like for your core group? Yeah, I, you know, that's a really good question. I've got some ahead of me, older than me. There's a, a guy right now younger than me, quite a lot younger that I'm trying to pour into this part of it. So I feel like somebody's once talked about a constellation relationships. I should always have, like, if I'm a Timothy, I should have a Paul above me. I should have a Timothy below me. I should have at least a peer that's walking beside me. And I've kind of got each of those in mind. I've got a guy really similar in age, not in the same vocation as me, but we talk vocational stuff. Got a retired dude who I care about, pours into me. Got a younger guy. So I'm trying to, to make that intergenerational I think that, um, sorry, I felt like you're going to say something there. No, that's oh, okay. I also, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, but I also feel like sometimes if it, if your core is at first, if you don't have one, if it means getting a couple of guys already, their friends, like let's get more intentional walking together and you're already the same age. It's better to do that than nothing. Right. So right. just do, do something, find okay. some guys, yeah. and pull them in and say, let's get intentional about growing. Not just hanging out and liking each other, but right. we got to get, let's take it a step deeper. This seems like important enough that it could even be a institute next summer. Oh, that's a good idea. You know? Yeah, to even delve into this more. Because we all, you know, if you were, someone's going to see the description to this podcast online, be like, oh, the power of friendship. Like, okay, that doesn't sound that important or whatever. But it is so much more important than we think it is. Yeah. And we need it so much more than we think we do. Yeah. And it's affecting us so much more than we think yes. it is. Yep. So, um, yeah, I just think we can't give enough weight and attention to this topic. And probably every single person listening, including you and I, need to give a little more attention to this. Yeah. And so, I guess that would yeah. kind of be my plea as we... Yeah, and that was my challenge is you got the rest of the summer is like, think, write down who, who do you think fits. The community is, I mean, the concern or the care is harder, but you can still name people, but really those first two and just ask the question, who, who fits in that? And do I need to reorder some things? And, yeah. and I just have a suspicion, a lot of guys, there's probably even some ladies, but a lot of guys don't ha really have a core mm. and they're missing that, that component of people who challenge them in their faith yeah, and propel them to grow. And man, if we could all get that, can you imagine? Yeah. I know a lot of uh, K-State fans coming to my concern ring about basketball season. They just, they're really down at that time. They need a lot of prayer. So Adam Just, I really take care of him through through yeah. basketball season. So concerned about him through that time. Yeah, just really so. concerned for him and taking meals and pray with him and stuff because it's <laughs> a trying, trying time for him. Garen, thank you for this message. Thanks for teaching on this. I'm not sure that I would have ever thought I needed it as much as I do. So I appreciate you bringing it to our attention. Yeah. It's hey. too important not to, so. Exactly. Okay, we're going to keep running through the Psalms all summer long. Thank you guys for being with us. We're excited to talk to you next week. AJ, thanks for being with us last week, man. Yeah. 
We loved it. Was it. Great. Shout out to the Bay Area. And uh, you're on the 580 right now coming home. So thanks, man. 12th Family, we'll see you guys next week.